This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. ¿Qué tal amigos? Les habla el cero miedo de la lucha libre, Pentagon Junior, para mandar un saludo a todos mis amigos de este podcast, y ya saben, puro cero miedo. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 88. Ooh. I'm Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. Oh, Wendy! <laughs> we have a show for you today. My goodness, we were just coming off of SummerSlam and TakeOver Weekend. Uh, WWE did some stuff this week. They did some stuff, Nick, and it's stuff that we got to spend some time talking about. It's going to be a very wwe heavy show this yes. week um we got some stuff later on in the show some new japan news some lucha underground stuff uh our obviously our, our news and notes segment and our listener questions later in the show but we got to talk wwe fallout from SummerSlam Big right time. off the bat we're already heading to hell in a cell they're already beginning the build for hell in a cell yeah, it's like Evolution. three weeks already uh super showdown super showdown i want I, every time i want to say super showdown under super slam Super no. show down under. How do they how do they miss that? It's in Australia. How do you know anyway? They're they're building towards it all. <laughs> they're building towards it all, and it's been madness. Uh I, I we don't really need to do a big news segment. Well, we got one big piece of big news. There's that just we're one talk about. There's just one big piece of news. We don't even need to go to it. But before we get there, let's let everybody know that uh, you can find us over on Facebook in the busted wide open discussion group. That is the hub of our operation where all of our fans and ourselves hang out. You can find funny memes, great legacy content, all kinds of good conversations going on over in the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook. And guys, we've got a brand new Patreon that's been up for about a month now uh, with all fancy new tiers, access to the show notes, to uh, ask questions that we'll answer here on the air, and uh, you can get access to bonus episodes, which I can announce officially, our our first first bonus episode will be live on Patreon exclusively on Monday. This coming ah. Monday, uh, it will be available on Roman Reigns. Yes. Uh, uh, don't we had don't be scared away discussion. by that. It's actually a really good show. No, we, we had a really lively discussion. We took a big step back and lo- overlooked, like, wh- where did he come from? Where are did he have, how have things progressed? Mm-hmm. All of that stuff. So it was definitely, the, state, the state of the Roman address. Yep. So that's what a special a one for you guys uh, at the $10 tier. So if you haven't gotten there, you want to check that one out, be sure and sign up. And, of course, we do hang out on Twitter every now and then, at BWO Podcast. And, uh, Ian, with that said, uh, let's really kick things off because we mentioned we do have some big news. Yeah, so. you're, ready, you're ready to double tap those uh, cues because we're going to be – it's going to be real quick. One, yeah. two. How about this? Let's head over and talk about 
the big news. Sierra Hotel, India, Echo. Ladies and gentlemen, the big news this week, The Shield has returned. Time to move over and talk about Monday Night Raw. All right, so the shield I mean, came back that's again. Really, that's the big news that was this it. week. The yeah, shield's yep, back. That was it. Shield is officially reunited. Well, kind of again. They <laughs> sort of had a reunion last year, but it got derailed by the mumps and injuries, and Ambrose messed up his arm, and everything kind of just fell apart. Like, you know, there seems to be like this ongoing, uh, like bad luck run with this iteration of the shield. But this week, they finally said, "Nope, Roman's got the belt. Seth's got the belt. The shield." is coming back. And the way that it, it happened was very surprising. It happened as kind of a, a swerve at the end of Monday Night Raw. We had all of these uh, different storylines working together on Monday Night Raw where Roman came out with his brand new shiny red belt and said, hey, I'm the universal champion. I'm a fighting champ. I'm going to start giving people matches. And the first person I want to give a match to is a guy who never really lost the belt. He's never been given a chance to get it back. So Finn Balor, you and I are going to have a match later tonight. And they had a fantastic match, fantastic 20-minute match. Um, the ending of which Braun, uh, Braun Strowman, the monster in the bank, uh, said in the middle of the show to Finn, I don't care who wins this match, I'm cashing in tonight. Yep. Which is very much in Braun's character. I like how they're writing that about him. He just yep. does, he's like, cool, I'm cashing in whenever I can. I'm not a sissy. Uh, yeah, I'm not a sissy, but I'll wait until you're done with your match and all exhausted to cash in because I'm not a coward. Okay. Oh, sure. Fine. Whatever, we had a great match between Roman and Finn. At the end, Braun comes out, distracts Roman. It looks like Finn's going to get the win, misses his coup de grace, eats a spear. He's toast. He's out. Braun immediately goes in, starts to cash in, gives the briefcase to the ref. But before they can ring the bell, you want to give your impression again there? No, once was enough. Once was enough. Uh, The shield comes out, Seth and Dean. Who in, both In the tactical who gear. Were, they were in action earlier in the night, and we'll get to their stuff later, but... They were in action that night in different outfits. They came out in the tack vests, in the shield gear, came down, and they all shielded the hell up on Braun Strowman, triple power bombing him through the announce tables, and the crowd went nuts. I did too. Yeah, I didn't. Because I did not have time to process. I just instantly mm. marked out for the shield, and then right. I, after the credits roll, or after the copyright came up and we went off air, I went... Wait a minute. Hang on. <laughs> Here's this the thing. This has all kinds of implications. Yes, it does. <laughs> on the so okay. On the one side of this. So I I was I was kind of mad because it hit me right when they started beating up Braun. First of all, I was kind of pissed with how they discarded Finn at the end of this match and the implications for his character kind of suck. Uh, because that's one of the things he's been resting his hat on for the last year or so is never lost my title, never got my shot back. And he kind of lost it pretty quickly here. It was just boom, boom. He's gone. No more of Finn moving on, moving on. And we're right into the shield stuff. And I was like, Oh, that kind of, that kind of blows for him. Um, and then all the shield stuff was happening as it was happening. I started going this is what they planned on doing last year. It was getting Roman over by having the shield reform. It's kind right. of just a blatant, transparent way of having that happen. And, you know, I'm still interested to see what they do. Like I could be wrong. They could make this version of the shield. Interesting. There could be some heel aspects of it. I hope. Uh, but at the same time, I'm, I'm very nervous about this. Just being Vince saying y'all love the shield. 
So if you don't want to boo Roman, I know you'll cheer him when he's the strong, silent well, shield member. Play it out as a hypothetical in your head. Where do you see this going? You know, this doesn't have to be a, have to be a full on fantasy booking, but in your mind, what's the point and where are they going to go but with this? That is my point. Is I don't know, and there are so many different ways they could go with it. Yeah, that it could be good. It could be really entertaining and fun, or it could be really obnoxious and suck. And they could actually really do damage to the legacy of the shield if they book this the wrong way and make this the Roman Reigns shield and the Roman Reigns show with the shield and not what made the shield cool, the shield cool in the first place. Right. Um, So it is a dangerous line to be walking to have this come back the way that they're doing it. Well, here's the part I want to talk about. Is this just a way to kind of reboot things that they had in motion back in December before Dean got hurt? Like things were in motion, two to three steps in motion to have this Shield 2.0 run. Right. Dean gets hurt, reboot, we're back to Brock and Roman. Um, and Seth goes off and becomes arguably one of the biggest over guys in the company. Yep. Um, now we're just going to reset back to where we were in December and just have the Shield come out and, and run rampant over everybody again? Well, it's almost like a different scenario now because two of the members of the Shield are champs, the two biggest champs in the company, yeah. uh, or, or on Raw at least. Um, you can argue about the the legitimacy of the Intercontinental Belt versus the WWE title at this point, but you know the bottom line is you've got two title holders in the Shield, and if the Shield plays things the way that they did in the past, which was a bunch of dogs that have each other's backs all the time, and they're a faction that runs through everybody else, that could be really fun. Um, but the thing that made them great before was they were a little heelish, they were a little bit of dicks. They kind of they you know they initially were a heel team. Um, and then they became cool, but they were still, you know, out for their own good. So there are aspects, again, it's just going to be, it's a knife's edge. I think I, you know, where I, I could see it being a good angle. I really could. Yeah. And they, they could bring me back around on it where I'm, I'm, what do you always say? I'm skeptically optimistic. I'm pessimistically optimistic right now. I'm, I'm really nervous about it. Yeah. I don't know. Parse that. does not compute. I don't. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I I don't know where this is going to go personally. It could. There's three different ways I could see it going. Yes, it's absolutely a way just to get Roman uh, cheered because everybody's going to cheer the Shield. Mm-hmm. So we all yeah. love the Shield. I cheered. You know, my biggest concern is what does this do to Braun? Um, <laughs> of course, it, that's your biggest concern. Of course, <laughs> of course. I, I was of course. so mean and I didn't pick him. For SummerSlam, you didn't and, and I I feel so bad about it now. And you then should. the first chance he gets to cash in. My God. He gets triple power bombed through the announce table by the, the returning shield. Right. So o- basically this, overstepping him. Does you know? this mean that Braun goes and gets Nicholas now for help? I mean, this is the question. Could he's going to need some backup. I don't, he he probably just started school backup, so it's probably probably not possible. We we'll have to ask Dad Daddy Cone. Yeah. Uh, if he can come back. No, but in all, in all seriousness, like it's one of those things where okay, the shield's back together. Uh, are Seth and and Dean going to continue their feud with Ziggler and McIntyre, which I suspect they will. I have a feeling that you're going to get Seth and Ziggler again, and then Dean and, and McIntyre, and maybe even in a cell at Hell in a Cell. Possibly, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm seeing that still going on. Does Roman get involved with that? Uh, do they keep involved with Roman stuff? You know, does Braun keep going after Roman time and time again, trying to cash in? Does he just set a date? Does Braun just finally go, look, I can't just come out and cash in on you anymore. I'm just going to make a date at Hell in a Cell, you and me. Um, is that going to be a retread of Strowman and Reigns from last year, which was a great feud and some great matches, but how many times can you go to the well on that 
it does Braun then need to, you know, because the shield's circling around Roman, does he need to go get some help of his own? And also in all seriousness, does he need to go get help? We had people online speculating perhaps the Wyatt family resumes because Bray Wyatt's not doing anything. Luke Harper's now not doing anything because Rowan's injured. We'll get into that. Unless on Smackdown. we forget Braun Strowman originally came in as the black From sheep of the, the Wyatt, Wyatt family. family. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I think that was Bosch online who said that. Um, but at, which you know is an interest is an intriguing possibility. Well, the last the last one I want to bring up here also is um, this is probably more long term than I originally thought. Now that the shield has come out, uh, I still I want to see it, and I still expect to see a Dean heel turn. Bingo as a retribution angle on Seth. Here we are four years later from from the turn, mm-hmm. and let's we still haven't really settled that whole thing. Are we supposed to just move on? It feels like an untapped thing that they haven't taken advantage of yet. That they could really get into, uh, you know, and you end up with a Seth versus Dean for the Intercontinental Title kind of thing, you know, Shield Retribution. I don't know. I, there's they did, all kinds of different ways they could go with this, and they I, did I really make don't a know. point. There was a match earlier in the, uh, earlier in the night with Ambrose versus uh, Dolph Ziggler. Let's get into that right now. Let's just knock it out real okay. quick. Ambrose had a match against Dolph Ziggler, um, and to this point, D- Dean has yet to say a word uh, since he's come back. Dean hasn't said a damn thing. He's just looked really scary. He just looked like murder, death, kill Dean, right? <laughs> yeah. With these massive new traps and a kind of a new move set too, right? He's, he's working a little stiffer. He's doing some mat work. He's com- being more aggressive. Uh, he finished this match with a really nice pop-up dirty deeds on Ziggler that looked fantastic. Uh, you know, he looks great coming back. But one thing that the commentary said was, man, there's just nobody more loyal than Dean. Mm. that got me scratching the old head so how long does a shield last before dean possibly turns heel on him everyone's looking for it right now yeah and, and that might be you mentioned his bigger traps his head looks like it got bigger even though he shaved it his head looks bigger <laughs> might be the beard I, I, I think so it gives him a little bit more like he length. looks he looks genuinely scary i i love the new i don't know improved dean but the murder death kill dean is i'm, I'm digging it well he's I'm been in the gym it. for nine months i mean he's gonna look better right <laughs> I keep remembering remembering when uh, Triple H came back from the quad injury, and he was just ginormous. His he, arms couldn't move. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Could you get lats that big? He, 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 he ate nothing but chicken and HGH while he was gone. You know, <laughs> um, but yeah. So we will see. We'll see what happens next with with all of the the pieces in these two big feuds right now. You know, we got Roman Braun. You've got Dolph Ziggler and and Drew McIntyre and Dean and Seth. They're all up in the air right now and yeah it's a big deal the shields back together but what they do next is going to have ramifications for the rest of the year all the way to wrestlemania yeah absolutely and three weeks to hell in a cell i think some of the outcomes that'll that'll happen at end up happening at hell in the cell will kind of drive some of that sure uh, I think it's too soon to start pulling the trigger on any of that stuff right now. Agreed. Let's have some Hell in a Cell Let matches. Let it breathe. Let, Let it breathe. It, yeah, the outcomes of SummerSlam end up at Hell in a Cell, and then we've got between September till, of course, there's TLC in there and all that stuff, but, I mean, you've got till Survivor Series in November. Well, all of October is spoken for with the Australia show and Evolution, so that's... That, wow, okay. You know yeah. what I mean? So, And who knows what they'll pull the trigger on in Australia, because if that's the same thing as, as Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, it'll essentially be a glorified house show, so they're not going to have anything major happen there. But we'll see. We had Roman versus Brock for the title there. Yeah, but you know? not. But nothing changed hands. Uh, you know okay. what I mean? And they, the only reason that had any kind of meaning was because it was a botched finish. Yeah, fair. Um, the, the lastly, just to put a cap on this, the speculation is is that they're heading towards a Shield triple threat at next year's WrestleMania. Mm. That is currently seems to be the plan. So if that is the case, 
We're seeing that starting to get set up now. If that's the trajectory that they have for the shield, I'm interested. Me too. So me too. As long as I, if they can pull that off, I'm not as mad as I was at the end of this show, yeah. where I was like, "Oh man, well, man." Speaking of mad, uh oh, we got to talk about that Ronda Ronda bit. I almost said Rondi. Yeah, that's my name. I'm going to call her instead of Rowdy Ronda Rousey or Ronda Rousey. I'm just call her Rondi. Ronda Rousey coronation slash like just mutual jerk session. Like it was. So here's the thing. I I like the fact that Stephanie. So what it was was it was the celebration of Ronda Rousey winning the title right at SummerSlam. Uh, they had the title nicely in the ring. Stephanie was out ringside, and they had most of the women's division minus I think Nia Jax and. No, Dana Brooke was there. Oh, Mickey James wasn't there either. The Bellas were there. The Bellas were there for some freaking reason, fill in space. Um, But Stephanie was in the ring saying, hey, I'm going to present this title to Ronda Rousey. Isn't she great? She's, you know, learned everything from me. I've built her up in my image. She's like my protege. Ha ha. This was good Stephanie material. You know what I mean? Like it's. Sometimes she grates on me. I've, I'm trying to get over my my X-Pac heat for her where I just like, don't just go get off my TV. This was a segment where she worked to the strength of her character where you just wanted to punch her. And luckily, she did end up in an arm bar thanks to Ronda Rousey at the end of the segment, which is great. The issue I had with this segment was, one, the really self-congratulatory nature of the whole segment and the, the way that they tried to play it off by having Ronda, when she got to the ring, say... You know, Steph, why do you have these women around the ring on the floor? They should all be in the ring with me. Everyone come up in the ring with me. Aren't I great? Like, and then start calling people out like you're great and you're great. Natty, you're the cornerstone of the women's division. Sasha and Bailey, you guys had that wonderful match at TakeOver Brooklyn a couple of years ago. Wasn't that great? You guys are the, all the reason that this is here. And haven't done anything since. And well, exactly. I'm getting to that. You know, Rhonda here is saying all this history in the, in the division, how she's honored to be a part of it. Which is, in my opinion, kind of, you know, it's trying to have your cake and eat it, too. It's like, yes, that's that's the reason why a lot of people have pushback about about Ronda getting the title so soon. And in addition, having Ronda call out that Sasha and Bailey had this great match. It's one of the things that started the women's revolution. Yeah, they did. And look where they are now. Losing regularly to the riot squad, having a weird stop start feud with each other, perhaps being part of the tag division. Maybe they've got plans for them. Maybe they don't. They haven't done anything significant. Since that match, you know, that you can call out that that didn't have Charlotte involved. Maybe so, Elimination Chamber when they had that little tease of, you know, that's what I'm saying. Turning like, what, on each that's other. Not, that's not on the level that we're talking about. Like yeah. nothing. That's all you had to call out in, by by Ronda here. So that in, in some ways to me points out how poorly the women's division is being handled, yeah. especially when you have the Bellas coming back in, who, as I said, are are just leftovers from the Divas era. My take on this is um, it, and I, I understand that this is sensitive because I want the women to have all the things. That's really where I stand. I want them to have their own pay per view. I want them to have this these kinds of accolades because we have frankly treated them pretty poorly as you know as the wrestling business for a really long time. So I'm happy that this is going on. I'm happy that I'm happy that these past few years have been this kind of watershed moment for women's wrestling. I, I want to just be out there saying that, but. It can be done organically. It does not need to be just bludgeoned over our heads like this in an, in a borderline uncomfortable fashion, and that's where I start to get. I just it was I cringy, just, wasn't it? You get the eye rolls, you get just all of this stuff, and I want all of this to happen. And if they would just let it happen, 
rather than trying to make it happen, it would yeah. be so much better. Uh, and we do call out WWE for this a lot as the patting itself on the back and the shallow platitudes. Yes. And, and instead of just instead of doing, they talk a lot about it. And they try to retcon history and they try to make things happen by saying that they happen or that they exist as opposed to actually just, you know, going out and doing it. Um, and that was something that was really just kind of, I, I couldn't help but have the sense of that in this segment. Yeah. Um, that being said, I'm still excited about Ronda Rousey. I, I do see the benefit of having her be the women's champ. I don't like the fact that it seems like they're looking looking at doing a Nikki Bella Ronda Rousey match at Evolution. Uh, if it's a squash, I'm in. But then it's another Ronda squash, and it's kind of like, eh. um, but I do see the value in having Ronda be one of the top people in your division, even though I think they gave her the title too soon. I see the value in it because of the mainstream appeal that she has from a business standpoint. It does make sense. Uh, it's just a matter of creating everything else around her in not quite such an obvious way as they did in this segment um, to reflect why she's the champ, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I don't like the fact that we're playing lip service to Sasha and Bailey here um, and to some extent the other woman as well, while at the same time congratulating Rhonda for doing pretty much nothing. Yeah. Except for just existing. Uh, yeah. I, I, I. That's okay. it. I could repeat everything I've had yeah. to say all all year, and it's just kind of playing out right in front of me, and I don't know what else to say about it. Well, let's I, move on. I want to like Ron. Let's move on. There'll, there'll be more. There. There'll be plenty more to talk about about this. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Just this week, it left a, a bad taste in my mouth, and and maybe that will change. Maybe they will. They'll write the course before Evolution, but we shall see. Um, I don't know if we're going to be able to kick the bad taste out of my mouth from this week's Raw. Other than now that we're past the Shield, well, you were already. really mad after the match on Sunday where they had that long congratulatory kind of outro to the Ronda match. This just compounded it exponentially. Yeah, I agree. Actually, this, this was compounded 100% with that. unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, I, I understand what they were trying to do. I just don't think they, they accomplished it. Speaking of unnecessary, by the way, uh, Triple H, as he does, came out and put himself over. Uh, you think this was him putting himself story. over? Oh, of course. Of course. Imagine Sarcastic. that, right? Hashtag sarcasm. Yeah. Uh, I like when Triple H comes out and he does it so rarely that it kind of has meaning. But when he gets out there and he he's great on the mic and he tells these epic stories from days of yore. <laughs> There's the years of, the of my life I'll never get back from him opening Raw every week for, for a, a few years there. The authority would open Raw and Triple H would just monologue. Or monologue, DX in the 90s, yeah. you know? In, at least in the, in the 90s, it was kind of, I don't know. It was still fresh, I guess. <laughs> In hindsight, yes. Anyway, so yes, we're going to have this big thing in Melbourne, hoedown in Melbourne, whatever they're calling it. Down, showdown. Cash out in Melbourne. I don't even know. There's all kinds of different names, right? I think they're just calling it the Super Showdown. Okay. I'm going to call it the hoedown. Okay. Because uh, not to do with hoes. I'm not the godfather. This is We call them hoedowns. I was going to say, they're bringing back the godfather for a match with Undertaker? It's a, no. It's, no, no, no. It's that trippy. would be funny. It was that would be worth. I'd, I'd fly about a, to Melbourne to see that. Talk about a squash match. He'd right. be in that casket faster than Rusev and Aiden together. Right. Uh, no, this Triple H came out to talk about to hype up his match with the Undertaker in Melbourne. This is being called the Great Cash Grab Part Two. This is this is Jetta Part Two. Australia gave them a ton of money, uh, tourism money, to, to have them do a huge show down in Australia. I don't think quite as much as they got for Saudi Arabia, uh, but it's still going to be a big event in Australia for them. And one of the, the first matches that they've announced that it's a big match is triple H versus undertaker. 
Uh, they're calling it the end of an era match. One, I think the last, last time. One, one last time. Yeah, yeah, the end of an era match was the last time in Hell in a Cell or whatever it was. But uh, this is the the last time. Triple H versus Undertaker, time. which <sighs> which on paper, I think about Undertaker, Triple H, and all my little nostalgia nerve endings get all, you know, all fizzy and go, ooh, that sounds great. But the more I think about it, mm, this is going to be a slow, boring match with a whole lot of excitement when they both walk out and do their entrances. But then once the match starts, it's really good. It's not going to be good. No. Uh, and Triple H didn't exactly help it, I don't think, by essentially just framing it as just that. Hey, it's me versus The Undertaker again. Ta-da. That's it. Ta-da, da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> That's, that was literally, he did, t- spent 15 minutes talking about how meaningful it was and then just being like, yeah, I don't. I didn't even get where he was going. That he said, uh, "Yeah, well, they originally told me it was going to be against the Undertaker." I said, "No," but then I said, "Yes," because why not? <laughs> I didn't quite understand <laughs> what he well, was doing. Well, I, I have a question here. So we know that over the last year, leading up to the match that happened at WrestleMania, uh, we know that Taker has been working out. He's been trying to get healthier. He's trying to work on his hips and all that stuff. Is there any possibility that this is a return for the Undertaker? No. Is this or is this just a one-time? I, thing? I worry this might be the re, the true retirement match for the Undertaker. I can't imagine he would actually officially retire in Australia of all places. But something's telling me that Triple H is going over on this one because they did hype up how he's never like the, the last few times he hasn't beaten the Undertaker and he really wants to get that win on the Undertaker. I'm worried this is this is the H going over. So Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and Triple H. Well, this is on his way out. It's the not door. WrestleMania. I understand, but it's you know, but those just, are his his last his last run were three big losses. I can already see how Hunter is is you know making this logically work in his head. Well, the Taker's not really here anymore. I'm here all the time, and I kind of need the rub because I keep losing all the time in WrestleMania. So you know, be really yeah. nice if you put me over. Yeah, yeah. Just give me a little bit of something. So. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie. I'm nervous. And this segment didn't help that at all. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was a little bit of a nostalgia overlord. I love, I did enjoy the story about Shawn Michaels and Taker and that picture that he put up on the Tron. And that was fun. But that was just, that, that was exactly, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It was just the pure nostalgia stuff. Yeah. Just straight up like, Hey, you're nostalgic me. yet. It's, Oh, this is what they look like now. You feel old yet. Like it's just one of those things. I, I don't know. I, I would have liked more of a story. If that makes sense. Okay. You know what I mean? Like just something, anything, anything sure. as opposed to it's just for the nostalgia kids, which is what the story is right now. Sure. All right. Well, let's go on and finish talking about Monday Night Raw. I got a few more things to go over here. Uh, Lashley finally had a match or no, I'm sorry. Lashley had a match with Baron Corbin. Yeah, this I liked how this was set up where uh, Corbin came out whining about how Finn beat him and Kurt grew a spine, by the way, on this Monday Night Raw. Not only did he uh, at one point in the show tell Paul Heyman that Brock Lesnar was getting a rematch when it was a cold day in hell, but he also told Baron Corbin to stuff it by putting him in a match against Lashley who this is the best thing Lashley's done since he's been on the main roster. It was kind of a match went a little bit too long for me, but it was good. It was, Corbin needed to be against a guy his own size for once. It, it, they both worked really well. I thought it was fine. I actually hope this becomes a feud, to be honest with you, because it's better than anything else Lashley's done feud-wise so yeah, far. That's true. So I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad at that. But I, I could also see Lashley getting involved somehow in the main event picture now that there's more guys running around there with the shield involved, et cetera. So Lashley's still kind of in that nebulous, who knows what he's doing space where he doesn't really have a solid feud 
yet. And I can't imagine him going back to an Elias feud at this point. Well, I think it would be good to keep both of those guys working right now because there's too much going on at the top of the card right now with everything. I, I don't know where he slots in. Or even if he di- if they did slot him in, it would be disruptive. And it would feel awkward. Mm. Like there's already too much going on. We rattled it off earlier. The Shield, Ziggler and McIntyre. I mean, all of this. Strowman. Uh, Strowman's in there now. Too much. Too much right now. But you know what? Counterpoint to that. Okay. Counterpoint to that is I think that because the Shield works as a faction, you actually do have room for more elements to dive in there, whether it be Finn Balor or Lashley or people teaming up because the Shield will be a, you know, a faction. You do actually have room to slot in some other people up there and and be different elements that show uh, the disparate sides of this faction as it's trying to hold on to its power. Uh, whether that whether they they do that as a heel or as a face faction is or or a tweener who knows, but my point is is I think that Lashley especially would benefit from being in these bigger physical matches, you know the kind of chaotic physical matches that the Shield typically has. Yeah, I think that would actually benefit Lashley a lot as opposed to him being the powerhouse overwhelming guys like Elias and Sami Zayn. I think that's why I like this match with Corbin because Corbin physically is a, a lot in a lot of ways a match for Lashley. So that it worked for me dynamically for in, in, Lashley. In, in a way that like Zane wasn't. Right. Yeah. And it, Lashley didn't say anything. He just came out and started whooping butt. Yep. That worked. Yep. So keep him doing that. Silent killers. Yeah. That's the trick with the guys that suck on Mike. Uh, let's see. Elias had a match with Kurt Hawkins. And of course, he beat him because you can't defeat that losing you, you streak of Kurt you, Hawkins. No, you can't lose to Kurt. That's like his thing now. I got to. I got to. Uh, does anyone know off the top of their heads? How what he's up to now in terms it's of losses? Easily over two hundred. Um, it's up. I want to say it's close to two twenty, two thirty, something like that. Jesus. Let us know in the chat if you guys happen to know. Oh man, but uh, I like the fact that this was uh, like Elias came out saying he fired the roadies that gave him that guitar. Yep, that was fun. <laughs> the um, tag team who shall not be named <clears throat> teamed up with Ember Moon to uh, to face off against the Riot Squad. Uh, also continuing to tease this potential women's tag team division within Monday Night Raw. Yeah, this is why this is one reason why people think they had kind of the sour face during the Ronda Rousey segment is that there was a it was there was a triple threat. It was Riot Squad versus Sasha Bailey and Ember Moon. And once again, Sasha got caught coming through the ropes, took a riot kick, and and she got pinned. Yeah. So you know there was a speculation that they were all looking sour in that Ronda segment because they were like, why isn't it us? getting this shot, but some other people said, no, nah, it's because they just lost. So they're selling that. You know, that's fair. Uh, and, and I'm a big fan of Ruby Riot, so I, w- I want to see her get more and more of a push. I think there's it's gonna there's going to come a time, her and Ember Moon both. Well, and they, she's gonna looked really good since coming back. Yeah. They've kept her looking nice and strong, and they've made the Riot Squad less of a joke, yep. which is the only upside I can I can say to this. Hey, uh, in oh, the by chat, the way, Joshua Falkenberry, zero, I was right, 220. So 220? Oh, no, it's 219, but I was close guessing. So uh, I said 220, 230. August 20th, they said 0219. Well, he's right around there. It's a, sure. it's, it's, it's a significant sure. it's a significant streak. Moving on! Anyway. Uh, uh, AOP beat the hell out of Titus Worldwide. Yeah. I, I enjoyed seeing this finally, this well, side of AOP. And here's the other uh, interesting thing about this. There's been a rumor that Apollo is due for a singles push, finally. And it looks Ooh. like he's going to possibly turn heel on Titus or vice versa. One of them's going to turn uh, on the other one. And uh, Apollo will go on as a singles wrestler with Dana Brooke as his valet slash manager slash ring assistant, whatever you want to call I it. I like it. 
I'm liking that. I'm liking that idea. We need to have more dudes uh, out there being singles right now. And the tag division needs to get leaner and meaner, in my opinion, uh, in a big way. Yeah. So, and Titus World White hasn't really done anything in the tag division anyway well, for a long time since they went on that streak beating the bar. True. <laughs> but true. since then, nothing. Uh, speaking, staying with the tag division, uh, we had a couple of, we had Bo Dallas, we had the B team, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel come out and end up signing up two uh, singles matches for each of them against the individual members of the revival, to which they handily lost. They got squashed. They got straight squashed. And, and I it, was like, yes, well, maybe they're listening. Maybe they're finally getting it. Maybe we're finally going to get some revival into AOP action. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's, you're, it's, like, you're liking the revival looking good. Yes. Because yes. B-Team are your boys for some they are. ungodly They're a reason. lot of fun in the same way that you know fashion police are our boys. Oh, they're God, no. They're, on, they're completely different. Like the, no, 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 no. Are we going to go down that right now? Because no, we're not. Fashion no, we're police, not. no, we're not. Fashion police are a wildly different thing <laughs> than the B-Team. Wildly different. They, li- they exist almost in completely different universes. Fine. Uh, don't I, get me started on go this. Ahead. We'll, go ahead. We'll, we'll be here for three hours. Today. I'm happy that the revival are winning. I do like the characters of the B team, and I have mad respect for the in-ring ability of Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel and their legacy. That's kind of where it ends. Well, the audience didn't because they were doing the wave during these matches. Oh, okay. I think they're over the B team just like I am, and I like the fact that these were both squash matches where both uh, Dawson and Wilder got to pull off their, their, by the way, their cool finishing moves. They each have cool singles finishing moves. Yeah. And they got to pull those off. And it also established the fact that the B team are fluke champions, that they're, they're winning by dumb luck. And they're telling that story, which hopefully they'll wrap up sometime soon because having fluke champs can only last so long before it makes everyone else in the division look bad. Too late, the tag division's in shambles. They've got to get these titles off the B team and onto a legit tag team and have some legit tag wrestling as soon as possible because right now it's it's a debacle in the tag division oh, yeah. on Raw. Uh, Jared in the chat said, and then the Revival went on to Twitter and apologized to Jim Cornette and all the greatest tag teams about the B, the fact that the B team yep. were champs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the Revival have long been awesome, yes. just smart bait online on, on Twitter. Uh, the whole F the Revival movement. Yep. I love it. <laughs> Love that. Yep. Uh, lastly, in some uh, final news, uh, we did. You did mention that Kurt uh, was is apparently on leave indefinitely uh, earlier in the show, but he also told. Uh, well, no, I I, he, I mentioned that he told Brock to go f himself. Basically, he told to Paul Heyman to he was not getting this rematch. Right. But yes, to talk about what you're talking about. So Stephanie, after getting put in that arm bar by Ronda Rousey was in the back and uh, icing herself up. And she said, you know, Kurt, you're not really doing a good job running the show. Where where was the help while I was getting my ass kicked by Ronda Rousey? Why don't you take a little time off, go on vacation? I'm leaving Baron Corbin in charge. Oh. So it looks like in some respects, the authority, air quotes, is back. But I'll say this. Baron Corbin has been killing it as the constable. Yes. I am, I, I am nervous about the authority coming back, per se. But if Baron Corbin is the evil guy running Raw, he got my attention. He's, he's the new corporate Kane, basically. Well, in, in way a sense. more entertaining. But, but so much better. Way more entertaining. Oh, yeah. Way way much of a better I'm character. I'm talking about the archetype. Yeah. yeah. Not right. comparing apples to oranges. No, corporate Kane is going off being busy being uh, Mayor Kane right now. <laughs> Mayor Kane. Did you see, speaking of which, on his, uh, his uh, announcement speech or his, whoa, sorry, Braun, his victory speech. Uh, the night that he uh, he won, they did play they his play Kane his music. I was like, that is so genius. 
Can't make this shit up. Your mayor comes out. Like this dirge. I wonder if he had pyro. I doubt it. I doubt it. I think Knox County is kind of a dry county. Might go up in flames. Oh, dry county. But no. what dry county means. Anyway, that's Monday Night me. Raw. It was work with it me. was mostly a travesty. We had the great interaction or surprise of the Shield. I j- it we was- had the Shield, and we had a really good match between Dolph Ziggler and Dean Ambrose. A sure. really good match between Finn and Roman. There eh. was some big ups. Some. What do you mean? Eh, it was a great match. I love watching those two work together. Finn, obviously, really much. He's actually said on, I believe, Austin's podcast it was Austin's or Jericho's that he loves working with Roman. That Roman's really easy to work with. They obviously have good chemistry together. Uh, I'd love to see those guys wrestle more. More Seth and Finn, in my opinion. I M O. So. Oh yeah, Seth and Finn too. <sighs> but guys, that's it for Monday Night Raw. But we're not done. We've got to head over and talk about a very special edition of SmackDown Live. Why wait? Why was it a special edition of SmackDown Live? Because it was a special edition. It's a very special edition. It was a very special edition. I, oh. I have no idea. I don't know. It was. <laughs> They never explained why it was special. It felt like another SmackDown Live to me for the most part. All right, there's a lot of things we have to talk about on this show, and I was trying to figure out which one to get to first, but we need to start with, in my opinion, what is the biggest news story slash controversial topic to discuss that's happening on SmackDown right now. It's also my favorite angle on WWE right now because of the layers that are going on with it and the, the nuances and the interesting character development. Becky Lynch, Becky 316, oh. Becky the heel. We need okay, to talk so about pause this. for a second for, for the listeners that might not know what the, that means. What when you say Becky 316, break that down. Who doesn't know that? I, well, Becky, OK. All right. Uh, no, no, no. I get I see what you're saying. Yes, right? let's 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 do this. OK, so obviously Becky turned on Charlotte at SummerSlam after Weeks and weeks of building her up and making her look like the scrappy underdog, giving her a shot at the title, and then Charlotte steps in, gets herself a title shot, and gets inserted into Becky's match match at SummerSlam. Becky had Carmella in the disarm her. Charlotte snuck in, gave her the natural selection, and pinned her one, two, three for the win, right? Becky then turned on Charlotte, beat the crap out of her to the adulation of the crowd. And then this week on SmackDown Live came out and as we were saying after SummerSlam, how in the world are they going to get Becky to be booed as a heel? How are they going to get her to get a heel reaction? Not possible. It, the way they built her, all of her actions are justified. Her anger is justified. Her attacking Charlotte is justified. Of course, and, and, and they spent the last few months building her up as a relatable underdog babyface who's finally getting her turn against these bigger stars who are have been taking her spotlight yeah right it's the ultimate underdog story and as we were saying to the build at the SummerSlam, is there's no way they're turning becky heel because it just wouldn't work with how they've built her character well sure enough it didn't work she came out and cut a heel 101 promo this week which was basically yeah i'm do all this um, screw Charlotte. And by the way, screw you guys, a.k.a. the audience. You know, it ran into the audience. Like, where were you guys during my whole run? You t- you never liked me. You never really liked me. You never really had my back. Yes, we did. I hate all of you. And tried to turn on the audience as hard as she could. And they still cheered her. It was like, I hate you guys. Yay, Becky. I hate your mothers. Yay, Becky. You should all go to hell. We're so sorry. We love you, Becky. We'll do whatever you want. Don't be mad at us. They couldn't get her heel, and uh, she 
I call her Stone Cold or Becky 316 because Austin, when he was starting out in the in the 316, the, the, his 316 promo came in the middle of him being a heel. Yep. He was a heel that had just beaten Jake the Snake at King of the Ring. And he was running down Jake in a really heelish fashion. When he said 316, he was calling out Jake the Snake's real-life alcoholism and religiousness and using that as a way to run him down, which was a really heel move. But it's still considered one of the greatest promos of all time because it was so engaging and, and you just wanted to like this guy who was just a stone-cold, pardon the pun, badass, right? That's where we're at. With Becky Lynch right now, you could even argue that Stone Cold. What we're seeing, what we're seeing now with Becky, was the Stone like the Stone Cold Brett feud, where they couldn't. Brett was supposed to be the face, and they couldn't get him cheered. Stone Cold <laughs> was getting cheered all the time, and he was supposedly the heel. That's and fair. they ultimately had to do a double turn at WrestleMania 13 in order to just play into it because they just they they couldn't do it any other way. That's the only thing that I can see them doing here is having to give up and have there be a double turn here where Becky becomes this stone cold like badass killer, like keep her heel fine, keep her being a a badass who will just beat people up. But man, when you have this kind of energy behind her, drive the ship into it, steer into it, steer into it. My God, don't. Don't do not let this don't try to fight this. Don't I mean, if they have her come out next week and kick a puppy, you know what I mean? Like it's just going to confuse the audience and they're going to end up killing and kind of tamping down all this energy that's behind her instead of making her booed. Because here's the other aspect of this is she's doing this against Charlotte Flair, who has not always been the babiest of baby faces. Right. And Becky does have a point that Charlotte has gotten a lot of love and a lot of pushes that, eh, you know, she is, she's a, an arguably a big star. Yep. She is an arguably uh, a very, very in, insanely talented wrestler. But she's gotten a lot of opportunities, and you can't say that they were all because of that. Nope. And I'm not saying it's because of her last name, but I'm not not saying this because of her last name. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not because of that. I'm not saying that. And also, it's not like the Flair name has exactly been associated with doing good for the last 40 years. Uh, I, I think I can count on my hand the number of times that Flair was a face. So, it's, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not like the Flair name is known for playing fair. So it's it's like ingrained in wrestling fans minds to want to boo a Flair. And so you have Becky, whoever wants to cheer against a Flair, who everyone kind of wants to boo. This but, is just but a, you're flipping them. But it's, it's totally Stone Cold Bret Hart. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it totally is. So that's Becky 316. Yep. Uh, the interesting dynamic here for me is how our truth is trying to wriggle his way into a championship opportunity. Uh, complete su- aside from from what you we were just going over and everything, but him coming back and badgering Paige and Carmella that he wants a match with Carmella so that he can get oh, his R-Truth. championship opportunity. I th- I think that is hilarious. That's an aside and a half, but yes, it was. I I, 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 just, I had to get that out there because that's a whole dynamic of this match. <laughs> Look, next week we've got Charlotte facing off against Carmella. Carmella asked for her Carmella rematch. Gets a rematch. Got it next week. Are, are we are we are we going to see an r truth run in here? Oh my god! Are, are we going to see an interference where he tries to get involved? I, as long as it doesn't affect the match, it'd be a fun. It'd be fun, and I I think it's cute. It's cute, and I like the consistency that they're having with his character. But no, I think we're actually going to see a Becky run in realistically. Yeah. Here's the thing. You think she's going to get booed? She took out like they, they, they took the whole women's roster this week after Becky gave, by the way, her 
absolutely money promo. That girl is killer on the mic. She's even more of a killer as a supposed heel. Um, and there's another actually thing I want to talk about with that in a second. But anyway, she uh, Charlotte came out. They had a tussle. The whole women's locker room emptied to try to pull them apart. Right. And even then, everyone's cheering Becky. If Becky comes out to interfere next week, you think she's getting booed? No. Uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. Becky also this week was on... Um, let me find out what it was. She was on uh, da, 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 Gorilla Position, uh, the Gorilla Position show with James DeLowe. Um, She actually kind of elaborated on her promo before she did her promo um, okay. on, on Tuesday night. And it was, in fact, I thought a much more logical, much better promo. It gave her a little bit more of the heelishness. Yeah. But unfortunately, it also really uh, established her position as being more relatable. Um, <laughs> uh, just the, so here, okay. Let me let me quote from it. All right, go for it. Uh, in 2017, I had one title match. Should I do this in an Irish accent? In 2017, oh, I had one title match, and that was at WrestleMania. No, never mind. That and was it, actually really good, and it was a six way. I haven't been given a fair shot at all. I am the best on this roster, both Raw and SmackDown, and I have proven that time and time again. Yet I don't get the opportunity. Why is that? Is it because I'm not blonde enough? Is that it? Is it because I don't have enough enhancements? Is that it? I'm treated like the redheaded stepchild of the entire women's division. Yet I have proved time and time again that I am the moneymaker, that I'm the person that people will tune in to see, that they will care about, that they want me to win. Yet it's being stolen from me every single time. Yeah. That sounds like uh, a re- an underdog face promo, if I'm being honest. I, that's the thing. That <laughs> If they're going to actually do this double turn, that's the kind of stuff they could absolutely steer the ship into. Yeah. But I mean, when when do you do do you do that? You can't do that as soon as Hell in the Cell. It's only three weeks. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying not to, ruling anything out at this point. Yeah, I'm trying to find the part where she throws shade at Alexa Bliss, but I can't find it right oh, now. But it's I'll, I'll post it. I'll post it in the uh, Facebook discussion group, which yes. if you're not a part of, you should go check out because we do lots of fun stuff there. Anyway, so lot of lot of stuff to unpack about Becky Lynch this week, and it's I'm terrified it's going to be another Rusev Day situation where yeah. they don't realize what they have until it's too late. And then they try to turn the ship into it and go, okay, well, we're giving you what you want. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, we're over it now. You, you killed us on it. So I'm, I'm, oh, they've, they've got something here. Rusev Day is still salvageable. They've got something with Becky Lynch here. And something so really, this. something really special. Yep. With what they've built, with what they've, I, I just, I just, I'm terrified that they won't come around to what they could do with this in time. Well, hey, another good news. We've got new SmackDown Live tag team champions. Uh, the New Day had a, a rematch, I guess you could say, against the, the yeah. Bludgeon Brothers. This actually did make sense at first. I was like, why are they getting a rematch? Oh, right, because the Bludgeon Brothers got disqualified, yep. so they get a rematch, only this is a no-DQ match. So, of course, tables, ladders, chairs, oh, the my. works, and, and, of course, and mallets. bludgeoning mallets. Yeah. <laughs> so... The reason for this, if you weren't aware, uh, Eric Rowan did actually suffer an injury on Sunday at SummerSlam. He tore his bicep. It has not been reported how badly he tore his bicep, whether it was a partial tear or a full tear. Uh, But either way, he's having surgery, I think, either today or tomorrow. And um, if it's a partial tear, he'll be out for three to six weeks. If it's a full tear, four to six months. So could be the difference between taking a little bit of time off and being gone for a long time. But anyway, that's why it seems to be weird that they would lose the titles on SmackDown after defending them successfully at a pay-per-view. That seems odd. Yeah. 
Especially with the no DQ stipulation, which favors the, the Bludgeon Brothers. And, right? and frankly, this match, they had to do some work uh, to, to make that. After so long, making the Bludgeon Brothers look like dominating monsters, Kofi had to kick out of a crucifix bomb onto a ladder, which really kind of struck me wrong. I'm like, dude, come on. That's their finishing move onto a ladder. And Kofi's like, yeah, I got this on the two. Not even a 2.99. Like, eh, I got this. So they definitely had to make New Day man the hell up. And they didn't even have Big E at ringside. Big E was backstage nursing his ribs, uh, his, his honey glazed ribs, but also his actual ribs. That was a little rib joke that they had. It was a rib, if you will, on the womp, never, womp. never mind. Womp, womp. The point is, is that New Day is your new champs. They're now the five-time champs, which, is, which I'm fine with, especially given the circumstances where the Bludgeon Brothers could not operate. Uh, by the way, manning up, Eric Rowan working this match, uh, you know, with a busted arm and he it was all kinds of wrapped up yeah and uh, you could actually see him like he went to go punch (laughs) at the top of the match he goes to punch either xavier or kofi goes to punch him and goes oh crap i shouldn't do that that kind of stung (laughs) yeah maybe i shouldn't run that shouldn't uh throw that punch but yeah uh new day new champs but you know now what happens now what happens to luke harper does he go singles does he wait until eric comes back um does he join up with bray wyatt again Uh, that's a raw um Oh, and then who, who steps up to face the New Day? The bar? Next, we have a... We have a uh, I mean, if Matt Hardy's out, I could certainly see them moving Luke Harper to Monday Night Raw to, to do something with Bray, with with Matt Hardy being out now in his you know pseudo-retirement that is not confirmed that we think is going on right now, being it, being a part of the picture as well. So I, I could certainly see the Wyatt family reconstructing, mm-hmm. leading to something maybe with The Shield, Going back to what we were talking about oh, earlier. Man. Remember the last time the Wyatt family and the Shield had matches? Yeah. That was good stuff. That was good stuff. That was really good stuff. Um, but anyway, that being said, yeah, I'm not sure what happens next. I know that next week we do have uh, the Good Brothers versus the Bar. Mm-hmm. For the number one championship. I like where this uh, is contendership. going. Number one, number one contendership. Um, I don't know. The Good Brothers look kind of like goofs when they did this backstage promo with the bar sure they, they kind of have since they've been on wwe though they right. haven't looked like the yeah. absolute tag team monsters that they really they, they are. could be yeah yes and I, I think the bar new day has been done a lot yes to be honest with a little you. bit too much so i'm curious to see how they where they go uh from here definitely lots of options i think um one last thing with the bludgeon brothers being yeah. out one thing that we've been saying for a while is you know, why is AOP not getting pushed? Why is why are the Authors of Pain kind of being kept low on Monday? And my speculation on it was that Authors of Pain are very similar to Bludgeon Brothers, two big guys that come out and beat the crap out of you. They're they're doing that brawling style. Um, Bludgeon Brothers were Vince's project, as you could tell by the goofy early 90s gimmick. Yep. Um, that was saved only by the fact these are two incredible wrestlers. So now that they're sidelined, is this the open door for authors of pain? Because now there's not another similar tag team out there. You know, will they become bludgeon brothers 2.0 now? I think that's actually maybe this this could be an opportunity for them to get that look. You know what I mean? Hopefully they don't put masks and carry weapons. Well, they have those teenage mutant Mutant Ninja Turtle masks. They wear every once in a while. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Which are creepy and weird and, Fun. I agree with you. I, I don't know if that's the reason they've been held down. I think it's just learning curve and them coming up to the main roster and how things are different, et cetera, et cetera. I think there's a Paul Ellering effect in play here as well. That it, you know, I, I almost think that they would be really good Paul Heyman guys. You know, everyone they wants did Paul so Heyman well. with somebody. Man, I like I don't. They they already just had Paul Ellering. Do they need Paul Heyman? Yeah. 
I, I think no. I think get, it would be great. Just get actually. Paul Ellering back. You don't need Paul Heyman on AOP. Uh, he can't. He can't handle the travel schedule. I mean, he said he could. Who knows? Okay. He does look a little frail. Okay. Oh, no. Jared in our chat room uh, just said, if I saw Road Dog on Twitter today talking to Ryan Satin about Becky and defending the way they are going, you have every reason to be terrified. Oh, no. Man, Road Dog. God. Uh, Road Dog. Damn it. <laughs> Wins and losses don't matter. Remember that. Oh, God. All right. Moving on before I start getting mad. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to get a little mad. So. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of being mad. Coming off of an amazing match that we had at SummerSlam between The Miz and Daniel Bryan, what are we going to get out of that? We're getting a mixed tag match, Nick. We're getting the Bellas back. Well, We're getting Bella, Brie Bella and Brie Maurice Bella. back. Brie Mount! It, after a wonderful promo by Miz to open the show, yep. uh, saying that he was retiring. Not from wrestling, though. From wrestling Daniel Bryan specifically. <laughs> Swerve. Uh, he and, and Maurice with him back in the ring, of course. Uh, and there was another wonderful promo from the Miz saying how he'd finally put Daniel Bryan in his, in his rear view. He was moving on. He was sick of this. Of course, Daniel Bryan then coming out to say, no, 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 no. We, coward. Ain't, we ain't done coward. Yeah. Kept calling him a coward until Miz said, uh, you just change your name to uh, Daniel Bella, which brought out Brie oh. Bella who, because at the time Miz was hiding behind Maurice. One of my favorite Miz moves when he's got his wife there is just stepping slowly behind his wife and putting, pushing his wife out in front yeah. of him. Uh, she Bella, hit the shit out of him. Brie Bella ran to, the, ran to the ring, gave him a nice right cross that looked uh, pretty snug from the angle they had, at least. Uh, and it looks like we're going to be getting, like, just as we had suspected after SummerSlam, we I, are we I are going to expect this. We are getting. I I expected this to be later on. Yeah. We're getting at this at hell in the cell. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella versus the Miz and Maurice, who I'm shocked they're letting get back in the ring after four months after giving birth. Wow. All right. That is some rehab right there. Yeah. Um, it, that being said, I'm worried it's going to be, you know, that John Cena, Nikki Bella feud 2.0, which oh, totally. That's exactly what it's going to be. You know, was just a promo a way to promo uh, total Bellas. God forbid we just have a great, you know, feud with Daniel Bryan and the Miz. God forbid. Maybe. I mean, know? maybe they go back to it after this. You know, we go back to Miz and Daniel Bryan in Australia and then I don't know. I don't know. We'll see, but uh, not excited about it. No, I was really excited about where they were going until Bree showed up, and I just kind of went, "Oh no, 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 no! Why? No, get this, get this graham cracker out of here." Okay, we can get excited again. Get this graham cracker off my steak. AJ Styles came out to speak with Renee Young uh, about how he lost or why he lost. Or, or how he lost his shit, I should say. Yeah, to to, explain, to match. explain his actions, yes. Nick. To explain his actions at SummerSlam and why he had to get disqualified in his t- uh, to, to retain his title in his match against Samoa Joe. Yes. He just completely lost control. SummerSlam. And then all of a sudden, he just completely dropped out of the bottom <laughs> of the frame. The camera work here, for those of fun. you not in the business, was so good. It was fun. Because he held the camera right there while AJ just <laughs> dropped out of it and then moved the camera down. Oh, it's so good. Move the camera down to find Samoa Joe had just pulled him off the stage like a great white shark. Pulled his feet out from just under him. Yanked him out and started just beating the crap out of him. And uh, Coquina clutched him, put him to sleep, and then started yelling into the camera the way that he only Samoa Joe... Come here! Come here! The, Wendy! The way that only Samoa Joe can. This is up there with <laughs> Regal! Yeah. And Brock! And all his other great yells and, since he's been in WWE. 
oh God, this, at least this feud is giving me exactly what I want. It's personal. It's being made more personal every week. Samoa is in, it, Joe is in AJ's head. Uh, and he looks like an absolute psychotic monster. This is, this is a blast. Yep. It's a blast. I can't wait to see where it goes next. Perhaps a sell. Duh. Perhaps a sell. Duh. I would not be mad. It, are we okay? At that are we okay with getting back to back in AJ's head feuds like we had with Nakamura about and Dick Punch? At least we're not getting Dick punches anymore. No, um, but but we're now having yet another feud with AJ where he's showing vulnerability in uh, his his opponents being able to get into his head. Well, he's, he's obviously his head isn't in the right place because he has a new shirt that says uh, "Run the P one Ace." Which what, I is, really, what is a P one ace? I don't know. I think it's their way of trying to make it make it look like place. Oh, oh face that runs the place. Well, yeah, run the face that runs the place. Except it's P one ace. I don't know. This is kind of like the mid nineties trend of putting numbers in the middle of movie titles, like like Cess Seven N. Remember that? Yes. What a great movie that was. Yes. Yes. Um, anyway, neither here nor there. Great feud. Can't wait to see where it goes. Uh, loving how they're working this so far. Um, <laughs> another feud that I'm I'm a bit confused by, but still liking what I'm seeing is Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy, uh, who had an actual match this week. All right, out of nowhere, and it was kind of a it was just it was a match. I'm gonna I'm gonna officially call bullshit on uh, Jeff Hardy's back being br- messed up. You gotta be kidding dear me. God. No, uh, I, no, 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 no. SummerSlam, no. you do a swanton onto the apron. Yes. Two nights later, you do one off of the railing into a table on top of the guy. How is that call? How how can you call bullshit on Jeff Hardy's back, back being bad? It's I, Jeff Hardy. He doesn't <laughs> give a crap. He doesn't give a crap. This is a match that actually. This is a feud that's actually being speculated as the most likely to end up in a cell at Hell in a Cell because Jeff wants to go off the top of the cell at least once in a swanton before he retires. The man wants to die, and he has his entire career, Nick, and you know this. The man has done so many things when he should. There's no humanly way he should be able to do them, and yet he does them. And he's like, his only caveat is, eh, I'm taking it easy at house shows and not doing swantons at house shows unless I feel good, and then I'll do one. He just doesn't get it. The man's insane. On the upside, they're playing Randy Orton as being insane as well. And wanting to do nothing but cause damage to Jeff Hardy, including getting his finger back in his damn ear hole again. Stop it, Randy. It's great, but stop it. It's just so cringy. Um, But yeah, so it looks like this feud continues. Jeff gets one on Randy by taking him outside, getting vicious, getting himself DQ'd, by the way. Here's your dick punch. He kicked him in the crotch after Randy was messing with his ear. Uh, Took Randy outside the ring, threw him onto a table, then swantoned him. So Jeff gets one in on this. It looks like the Randy and Jeff Hardy feud continues despite rumors swirling of Jeff being injured because Jeff just does not care. So is this, I agree with you, in a cell so he can do the swanton, but does that somehow take the belt, the U.S. title? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Nakamura has Nakamura's it now. Nakamura's I completely title. messed up now. Where, what show are you watching? I, I don't know. I, I'm, the... The United States of Nakamura. Yes, Nakamura. Nakamura. God, he's got me doing it. Nakamura had a promo this week. Well, hang on. Come back for a second because I messed up right there. Promo this week. So there are no stakes in this other than just Jeff being mad at Randy pulling on his ear hole. I mean, I'd be. Wouldn't you be? That's going to lead us to a Hell in a Cell match with no real other stakes. Man, someone tries to rip my ear off. I'm putting him in a cell. Yes, that I'm I'm fine with that. So you can legitimately see a spot where Randy's laying on an announce table and he swantons off the top of the cell. 
You can't? Breaks his back and you ends his career. You can't see that. Yes. I can't I, see that. It's Jeff Hardy. I can't see that. He'd have done it by now. He he was too busy being high over in TNA. Fair dues. <laughs> All <laughs> right. <laughs> that said, let's move on. <laughs> Real quick. Shinsuke Nakamura had a promo where he yeah. says the United States of Knock America. Who knows who's coming for the U.S. title next? I'm not sure what's going on there. Rumors that EC3 is getting called up. Who knows? That's really? enough of that. Uh, Naomi had a match against Peyton Royce. Uh, who just coming off of a nasty little spat online with Dave Meltzer, who uh, was trying to not so subtly say that he didn't like her breast enhancements that she got since NXT. Yeah. Uh, and there was all kinds of, of stuff going back and forth on Twitter. We covered that last week. Bottom line is, is speculation that Peyton uh, had a match against Naomi this week. The, the commentary was putting her over. Uh, Corey Graves says, oh, she looks great. She's never looked better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love the way she looks now. Oh, God. Never, never changed WWE. Subtlety. Yes. Subtlety. Uh, but she did beat Naomi uh, with obviously a little bit of outside interference. Yeah. But she did meet Na- beat Naomi. Now, here's the only thing I thought after this. We're, lo- we're going towards a women's tag division. Iconics are a good tag team. Naomi's not doing anything. Natalia's not doing anything. Natalia's on Raw. Well, but, okay. but my, I can't keep track of where she's at. She, does Naomi get herself a tag partner? To face off Who against the thinking? Iconics. Asuka. Asuka ain't doing nothing. Okay. I don't like it, but that's the only woman I could think of that's Asuka's, free right Asuka's now. Asuka's a sore topic, and I don't know that we have time to even crack that can open right now. Because um, I have <laughs> so much a, I want to say. Or she came a, out to break up Charlotte and Becky, and I was like, oh my God, it's Asuka. I haven't seen her in like eight yeah, months. Oh, that that was definitely something I didn't like. She, uh, was, she was just another locker room person he, who yeah, couldn't. Exactly. She should have been able to throw them both across the ring. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's but that's why I think Oscar might be mm. Naomi's partner. Just saying, you heard it here. Uh, we were talking earlier about Rusev Day. Rusev Day had a match against Almas and Vega, and they won thanks to Aiden English. Looks like redemption the, redemp- the redemption story is continuing. But to talk about what we were saying earlier, where are we? Like it's to me, this feels like a little bit too late. It's like we don't, we didn't need this whole arc of hey, the Rusev Day. They're they're coming together and they all love each other. Isn't this wonderful? It's like a long way of turning Aiden face. You didn't have to turn him face by going through all this rigmarole. All you had to do was have him stop insulting the towns he was in because he was already over four months ago. You didn't need to do all this rigmarole, and now the the meme of Rusev Day is cooling off. And it's, they're going to have a harder time getting that, that spice back that so they had. Maybe. I think this is still salvageable. And, and it's another one of those, you know, it's the same situation where is it too far gone? It's not going to be what it was, but I think it's still salvageable. So I, I liked this as a redemption angle. I'm glad they didn't just like completely turn on him and like, you know, dispose of him with the baby water you know, or the bath water. So I, I just I wanted to... To just talk for a second about how do we, is this really the face, facey kind of moment? Are we making that turn and, and committing to Rusev Day, the trio being a sort of face team? Like a faction. Yes. <laughs> Time will tell. Uh, there was a part of me that thought Aiden might be setting them up to really betray them later, but, uh, but I don't know. look that way. Uh, well, there was that moment. There was a tiny moment. It was kind of like Dean walking behind Seth at SummerSlam where I went, ooh, uh, maybe. <laughs> They'd be, they got to do something interesting with Aiden. Who knows? But um, yeah, the saga of Rusev Day continues. 
I think they're, I mean, as much as I'm kvetching about it, I think they are, they're going in the right direction finally with it. I'm worried it might be too late, but they are doing the right thing here. Um, Almas lost by uh, distraction by by Aiden English and then got right. put in the accolade and tapped out pretty quick. Somebody finally Fine. typed out to the accolade. Well, it's been a while. <laughs> oh, but, wow. Uh, but, you know, makes Rusev look strong. Great. Yep. Almas didn't really lose a whole lot from it. No. Fine. Keep Almas looking good because that boy could just... I could have it. Oh man, just it's all it takes is that one one moment, and that boy's gonna be top of the card. As yeah. when once everyone realizes exactly how good he really is. Well, guys, that's uh, SmackDown Live, and that completes the uh, main roster segment. But uh, don't run away because we've still got a whole whole mess of wrestling to oh, talk man. about over in the wide world of wrestling. So coming off of NXT TakeOver, we had the typical recap episode, often, oh, not oftentimes, every time after a TakeOver, we have an episode that recaps what went down at TakeOver and has a couple of other matches from the TakeOver show that isn't that aren't shown as a part of TakeOver, but happened at the same venue. Yeah. Uh, we had a match between Bianca Belair and a debuting Deanna Parazzo. Hello! Who looked really good despite losing to Bianca Belair in a really athletic match. I don't think she lost that match. I think Bianca just beat her. Uh, you know? Yeah, but it was still a loss is a loss. Road I, I dog, calm down over there. But the the bottom line is Barazzo looked good. They promoted her being in the Mae Young Classic. I have a feeling she'll probably have at least one win over there to make up for this. Oh, yeah. Bianca looked fantastic coming off of quote-unquote injury, whether it was legit injury. Honey, drinking on her honeymoon. <laughs> right, the, the hangover from the honeymoon. Uh, we also had a recap of the uh, the Velveteen Dream and EC3 match with both of them giving promos backstage. Uh, Dream being evasive and saying, you'll find out what I'm going to do next, next Wednesday. EC3. Sitting a crown on Kathy Kelly's head. Uh, incidentally, by the way, the crown he put on Kathy Kelly's head was King Ricochet's old crown. When uh, Ricochet was King Ricochet, that was his crown. That was a nice little Very nice. callback. Uh, EC3 was uh, also recapped the match that he's going to go get some more victories, but... They also asked him about uh, what he saw that night that Alistair Black got attacked in the parking lot, and he did a nice job of throwing out all of the fish, all kinds of red herrings. Could have been Lars Sullivan, and at the end, it could have been him. We don't know. He specifically spent some time on on Lars Sullivan. He did. So that's currently my pick for smell retribution. Yeah. The fact that they turned into it so hard. I smell a fish. And then they tried to show the security footage and somehow show like four pixels that were supposed to be Nikki Cross. <laughs> we enhanced the roof. This. We enhanced the picture. She's perching it, like a gargoyle on the roof overlooking everything. I could totally see her doing that. But at the same time, I, I didn't see that in that enhanced footage at all. No. It looked like a blob. I'm like, how did you tell that was Nikki how Cross? Could they have, how could they? I don't know how I like said the fact, that with a straight face. I like that they're setting up the fact that Nikki might know who did it, yeah. but she's so nuts. There's no way you're ever going to get the the true story out she of her. Could say it was the gingerbread man. You yeah, know, or exactly. Right? It was the one armed man. Uh, <laughs> sure, it was loco. Yeah. Uh, we also had a recap of the ricochet. And uh, Adam Cole match, Ricochet was confronted by the other members of Undisputed Era backstage, but they backed off when Pete Dunne showed up to confront them. Ricochet said, thank you. Thanks, buddy. And uh, Pete Dunne goes, <laughs> I'm not your buddy. And in fact, you've got something I want, that gold around your arm. Pete Dunne looking at the North American. He's already got a belt. 
Pete Dunne won another belt. Give, well, him, give him all the belts. Bottom line is we're getting a tag match next week. Pete Dunne and Ricochet versus Undisputed Era. Officially booked. Are we building towards a Pete Dunne-Ricochet program? Yes, please. Because if so, I just, uh, goosebumps. I got goosebumps. Um, more on Pete Dunne in a second. We did have the fallout from the women's match. We had all four horsewomen of MMA backstage. Including Rousey. Including Rousey, who apparently is a heel in NXT, which is an interesting dynamic. Yep. Kind of like how Triple H can be a face in NXT, but a heel on the main roster. Looks like they're doing the opposite with Ronda, which I thought was interesting. Mm. Shayna saying that she was not beaten by Kyrie. She just lost to her. Yep. Uh, she wasn't beaten by her skill or her wrestling ability. She lost. She was the one. It was her fault. I like the fact. I like that take. On Shayna's character. She's got something now to prove. Yep. And I wonder if Kyrie might be transitional in this or what exactly is going to happen to Shayna. I don't know. There, there was rumor and speculation of Shayna being uh, appearing uh, if, if and when she lost on Saturday night that she would appear on SummerSlam the next night or on Raw to back up Rousey. You know, the, I, we're past all that now. I don't know if, it, if there's any merit to Shayna being called up anytime soon. We'll see. I think a lot of that stuff. I mean, we're not too far off from January at this I think, point. Yeah, now that we can be like, rumble surprises. Now that's know? looking like we're we're getting Nikki Bella and Ronda Rousey at Evolution. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. I, I <laughs> looks like. Uh, uh, that I think that's less likely we'll see Shayna come up. Uh, and yeah. until later, and also this speculation is still out there. We're going for Ronda Charlotte next WrestleMania, which if they do things right, they get the main event. Could it be? It could be Ronda Charlotte. And Becky, but uh, you know, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm, that, you know, that's that's me over here <sighs> being a, being a fanboy, yep. uh, saying you know, you only have uh, so much money on this table here. This is the, real quick. Okay, this one more damn thing about this Becky thing. I'm not looking at this strictly as a fanboy. I'm looking at this from a financial standpoint. Okay, money on the table. The same way I looked at Rusev Day. I'm, I'm a fan of Rusev Day. Uh, but at the same time, stepping back, I'm looking at the reaction that they got and saying, this is money. This is free money, this reaction. You, you, when you have something hot, you turn into it. And WWE does enough hot shotting as it is. You know, we're like, oh, we're just going to do this. Why is it so hard to see a reaction and pivot towards it? And with, the, with this Becky thing going on right now, how is it? so hard you say oh well you know we wanted to have her be this dastardly heel but man we're just not getting that exact reaction but we're getting something here couldn't can't we adjust this just enough where she's still a heel but we're playing into the reaction she's getting from the crowd because it will mean more money more eyes on our product more people interested in it because we're obviously engaging them with in this particular aspect of storytelling can, can i make a point yes it's please been four days Let's everybody just calm down. I can't, man. It, 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 we got a long way to go. I can't. I think had, they know what they've they've got, and, and it, they they saw it this week. They're I not a, dumb. They're not blind. They got. Uh, there's ooh. four days. It's been four days since the turn. So let's woosah. I can't. I had a, I had a <laughs> I had a venti today, dude. Oh boy. All right. So moving on, we had uh, Pete Dunn versus Zach Gibson. Uh, for the UK championship was the main event of NXT this week. Ouch. For those that didn't see it, this is a rematch of their match that they had at uh, the Royal Albert Hall. Was it was it them that had? The, no, it was just Zach Gibson beat. Uh, he, he was the one that won the tournament. Right. To, be, to, get, yeah, this yeah, to get this opportunity. So he finally um, gets it. That's what it was. Finally had his match. Slobber knocker oh. of a match. 
these boys beat each other up, had some great innovative offense. I love the style that's coming out of Britain right now. And this is another fantastic match. I don't think it's on the level of, of uh, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn, but it is, it's up there. It's pretty yeah. damn good. It's a, it's a damn good reason to watch what otherwise was kind of a recap episode, uh, a filler episode. Of a lot NXT. of video packages. Yeah. But this is a really good reason to just go check or just check out this match on the show. It's right. a real reason to check out the show. Speaking of which, we have to move over and talk about 205 Live, which had a fantastic match this week. Also um, had the best crowd that I've seen on a 205 Live episode because they were still in Brooklyn. They were still in Brooklyn, and the, the crowd did get... The, the crowd started really soft with the main event of 205 Live. We'll just, let, let's just go ahead and talk about it right okay. now. There was a tornado tag match, which means everyone's in the ring at the same time, between Buddy Murphy and Tony Nese, the team of Buddy Murphy and Tony Nese, and the team of Grand Metalik and Lindsay Dorado, two-thirds of the Lucha House Party. Grand Metalik hasn't had a match in forever, and he looked fantastic in this. It reminded everybody why he's so good. This was, to me, this was shades of mid-90s WCW cruiserweight division. So good. So much action. You know, a lot of high-flying lucha action mixed with some groundwork, some strong stuff from uh, from uh, Murphy, Murphy, Murphy yeah. and Nice, the two walking muscles. <laughs> and um, this was, I, I highly recommend going and checking out this match. It was a lot of action and a lot of fun. Yep. If you if you miss 205 Live, it is one to absolutely miss. Uh, some other quick notables over on 205 Live. Uh, TJP uh, faced off with Noam Dar, who won with a Shining Wizard. And, that uh, feud seems to be continuing really quickly yeah. because we didn't actually say that Tornado Tag match. Uh, Murphy and Nice did uh, lose the match because Kalisto got interference at the end, uh, distracted up Murphy, uh, and then Grand Metalik. Uh, pinned Murphy. It looks like they're going to have to go get someone else, a third member, and we'll have a three-on-three tornado tag match, oh. hopefully down the road. If they get this kind of quality, I can't wait. Uh, other stuff on 205 Live, Wale was in the book for the beginning of this, and in the booth, excuse me, in the commentary booth, and he got into it with TJP. Uh, my favorite comment from this whole thing was TJP dabbing in his face and Wale going, man, nobody dabs anymore. Yeah, that's so Just 2016. Completely true. <laughs> um the other big news from 205 Live, Drew Gulak, who lost to Cedric Alexander at SummerSlam, wants his rematch, and Drake Maverick says, no, 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 no. You have to earn your matches here on 205 Live. Gulak says, that's great. No one else gets a match until I get what I want. Disrupted a uh, Akira Tozawa and Colin Delaney match and uh, wouldn't leave the ring until Cedric came out and chased him off. Uh, so it looks like Gulak is going to be angling for that rematch. We'll see if he, A, gets it, and B, is successful yeah. when he goes back after Cedric. I like the fact he's in Cedric's head right now. I like what they're doing here. It seems to be pretty easy to get into Cedric's head, you know, almost in, in, akin to what's going on with AJ Styles this year. So They're not playing either of them as being that intelligent. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> but babe, WWE babyfaces aren't that What does that, that say smart. about Charlotte, North Carolina, and Georgia? I, you tell me. All right. Where, so are, you, we, where are you from again, Nick? Um so we've got New Japan to oh, talk about. Oh um, yes, let's. Uh, we've got the calendar for all of the upcoming oh, events, oh. and now that we're beyond the G1 climax, we've got Tanahashi as our as our uh, G1 climax winner. Yes, we have a lot of things that came out of the G1. The great thing about the G1, if you don't watch New Japan, one of the things that they do with their tournaments is every match has meaning. Yes, if you beat somebody who's a champion in this tournament you have the ability to challenge them for their title. So everyone who's in the tournament who is a title holder can't lose their title in the tournament, but they have the potential of down the road having matches against people that beat them. 
For example, uh, Kenny Omega was beaten by uh, Tomohiro Ishii, uh, Kota Ibushi, and Toru Yano. Yep. So the champion of New Japan lost to three different people. That means all three of those people will probably get a title shot. Uh, the first one who gets it uh, is, is Tomohiro Ishii, who challenged Kenny at the last night of the G1. He's getting it first thing. He's getting it at Destruction in Hiroshima on, on the 15th of September uh, in the main event there. Uh, we're also getting a six-man open weight title match that night, which is going to be uh, Taiji Ishimori, Tamatanga, and Tonga Loa versus Ryusuke Taguchi, David Finley, and Juice Robinson. Basically, the OG Bullet Club is going to be defending their titles. Right. Um, we've also got... So Destruction is, is basically three nights. The first one's in Hiroshima on the 15th. The 17th's in Beppu. And that's when we get Goto, who lost to Taichi. Uh, he's going to defend his title against Taichi there. Uh, I don't believe he lost to Taichi in the G1 because Taichi wasn't in it, but Taichi challenged him at the last night. The main event there, though, is going to be Naito versus Suzuki, which is going to Oof. be awesome. Oof. Those guys always put on an amazing match. And then Kobe um, is going to be uh, Tanahashi versus Okada for the, uh, for the option to have a title shot at the Tokyo dun, Dome. Dun, dun. Okada is challenging Tanahashi for basically his G1 briefcase. Ooh. So, yeah. In other news... Um, Wait, ca- they get a briefcase out of the G1? They do. Oh. It's, a, it's more traditional briefcase, like a, just a black briefcase. I not thought like, it was a giant it's not a big, just juice looking trophy that they got. Uh, they get that too. Oh, okay. But you have a briefcase with a contract in it for Wrestle Kingdom. Ah, it's kind of like Money in the Bank. It's Money in the Bank, okay. Except not, you know, cartoonish and giant and plastic. Yeah. Uh, and if you're Dean Ambrose covered in mustard... Uh, or uh, Seth Rollins. Okay. So uh, in other news, so Hiromu Takahashi broke his neck um, back in San Francisco. Right. He has actually had to relinquish the junior heavyweight championship as a result, um, That which is unfortunate. The upside is we now get a junior heavyweight tournament, which means we're going to have, uh, let's see if I can, uh, it's Kushida, Bushi, and then Marty Skrull and Will Ospreay are all going to be in a tournament to determine who gets that championship. All of them, I think, by the way, completely legitimate. Even Bushi. Don't at me. Uh, so <laughs> at Kobe, we're getting Kushida versus Bushi. And then uh, on September 30th, they're coming here to Long Beach down here in the Southland for Fighting Spirit Unleashed. That's going to be a great card. Not only do we have the semifinal, sec- the second semifinal of the junior heavyweight title tournament with Marty Skrull versus Will Ospreay, which if you remember their last time they fought, uh, Ospreay almost died right before WrestleMania. Right. That was a hell of a match. Uh, but we're also getting Young Bucks versus Gorillas of Destiny, and we're getting Juice Robinson defending his U.S. title against Cody in the U.S. in Long Beach. Cannot wait for that. And then uh, finally, the winner of Kushida and Bushi and the winner of Skrull Osprey will face at King of Pro Wrestling on October 8th. That is your New Japan Roundup. And I'm looking forward to all of those shows. We'll recap them here on the show as they happen in September and October. Nice. Very nice. I'm excited to see if all of the results that we got out of the G1 Climax kind of come to fruition over the next few months before we get back to January and Wrestle Kingdom, before we get to that one match. So it's it's what what is your perspective on? Do you think Toriyanu is going to beat Kenny Omega? No. Do you think uh, Ishii has a shot at beating Omega to no. take that to Wrestle Kingdom? I don't think. I think Ishii and Omega have a shot at making the match of the year because they always have amazing matches. Yeah. I don't think Ishii's taking it from him. 
Okay. I think Omega's holding this all the way through. Um, Omega Tan- and Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom? You know, Tanahashi is having a massive resurgence right now, yeah. and they've done a really good job of building him back up after tearing him down. I could see it being o- Omega Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom, especially if Omega, as rumored, jumps ship to WWE, which could happen because that's right around then when his contract is up. Oh, boy. So, And it would make sense to have it back on the ace of New Japan at that point. So, yeah, they, they they could swerve us, but at the same time, I I expect Omega to hold it all the way to Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, I, I hope uh, I hope Daryl is taking very good care of Hiromu. That's all I'll say in close. Well, uh, Daryl has uh, has a history of um, he knows how to recover from horrific injuries. Yeah. So a bad luck, Fale. He had a very bad, very very bad G one last year. Yes, if he I did. Remember correctly? Yes, yes. Daryl was uh, had a He's bad time last had a had a had a bad time last year. <laughs> Oh, man. Good thing cats have nine lives. Moving over, let's talk about Lucha Underground. We had a really violent week this week. Lucha violent. Underground, it's really dark this this season. Uh, if, it's kind of messed up. It's really... People die. People have died every week this season. <laughs> they Seriously, they've it's died what every week. happens in Lucha Underground, though? It's crazy. So I have not... Cause, because it's I'm, I buy it on iTunes, and it just came out last night, or it came out at like 3 in the morning. Yes. I have not watched... Last night's episode, well, yet, but spoil away. If you I, if I'm you gonna watch the shit out want of unprotected chair shots to the head, if you okay. want blood, if you want actual murder with a pen, it all happened this week. Oh my god! Yeah, it was crazy. We had so I have a feeling like they they mistimed this. Like they they thought this was going to come out closer to Halloween, like closer to October, because they had a haunted house match which was set up last week, the Mac versus Mil Muertes, and the Mac has been terrified of Mill for a while. With good reason, because Mill is freaking terrifying. Because it's Mill Muertes, you know? <laughs> and he's goddamn terrifying. Basically, this is a cage match, just with implements of destruction all around the ring. And like oh, a, sure. Why a not? table that had boo written on it, a table that had spooky <laughs> written on it. It was kind of goofy, but okay. then there was also, you know, knives. And uh, the match ended with Mill Muertes giving a reverse flatliner off the top rope through a table to the Mac. Uh, yeah, kind of insane. You'd think that would you'd think that would be the biggest thing I'm talking about this week on Lucha Underground, aside from Ricky Mundo killing a guy with a pen, as I just mentioned. But no, there was a match between Pentagon Dark and Cage, which they've been building for a couple of weeks, yeah. which was absolute insanity. Absolute insanity. Wow. Just complete violence. Like I said, unprotected chair shots. Pentagon broke both of Cage's arms, oh, God. snapped both of his arms, and then hit him in the head with a cinder block. To win the match. Dear Lord. Well, I mean, if there's anybody that can take a cinder block to the head, it's Cage. True. Uh, <laughs> I, the, I still remember that one of the first matches I ever saw Lucha Underground was Cage versus the Mac at Ultima Lucha Uno. And Cage stomped Mac's head through a cinder block. And that's when I knew I loved the show. <laughs> <laughs> so looks like a little bit of retribution for Cage. But Lucha Underground staying Staying local, man. Staying crazy. That oh, show is God. nuts, and it's available on iTunes. You can download it, yes. or you can see it on the El Ray Network every Wednesday. Well, let's get to some uh, some listener questions to round out the show here. Uh, we got quite a few this week. Yes, so if you wanted would, to leave some room. Uh, what's the best way people can get us listener questions? Uh, absolutely. Uh, Patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for that bottom $5 tier. That gets you a copy of the show notes and uh, you, you access to send us listener questions. Every week for, that this, we will. for this segment. Yep. Also, if you're in the live stream, throw a question out there. We'll, we'll try and get to it if we have yep. enough time. Uh, so let's start off, man. Uh, yeah. Rule, Rule Sheerans looks like he has a couple of questions here. 
Uh, I haven't actually looked through the questions yet, so right, I'm not well, exactly sure. Yeah, I'll go. What I'll, he was I'll going rattle on. them off for you. So the Gargano versus Champa fight was really interesting, um, but to him, he said it feels like Star Wars, where Gargano is turning to the dark side of the Force. Absolutely, right? Absolutely. With, um, with, the, with the, his happy face becoming the Venom, like a Venom happy face. Absolutely. Uh, Gargano, on the other hand, uses his rage and his anger trying to beat Champa, but in the meanwhile, he's turning away from the things that he loves most. Mm-hmm. I, he says, I wouldn't be surprised if the next time we see Gargano, he'll wear a knee brace just like Champa. Essentially he turning his knee. into the thing he hates the most. Oh, I love it. How do you... I thought I wanted to read... Sorry for reading all of that. You know, I, no. But, it, but it's so... It's, that's good storytelling that's, rule. That's great. Yeah. So I, I love that turning into the thing he hates the most is absolutely what's going on with Gargano right now. So I, if he comes out in a knee brace, that's meta. That's, that's next level shit. Uh, because he did just hurt his knee, right? That, yes, and it's it's the right Champa's right knee is the injured one too, right? And that's the one that Johnny injured. Yep. So it, it makes total total sense. I actually, you know, it's funny. I hadn't put that together. Nope, me either. That's a really good point. That's a where. So where do I see this? How do we view this feud, and how do you see it evolve? Well, first and foremost, like we said last week, or on our recap show, yeah, yeah, it's time to let it breathe. Let it stop. Let Johnny go away for a while. Let it breathe. Let Champa be a champ um, and defend his championship against somebody else. Um, how much deeper does Johnny fall is the question before he starts getting redeemed. Like how much more does he have to become, as he says here, the thing that he hates? Because we have seen that trajectory so far where Johnny has given in to anger and gone to the dark side of the force. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I wonder what, what his... What's his bottom? You know what I mean? Where's where is his? Uh, I don't think we've even seen anything close to it yet. He could totally rock bottom. The, there was a will. point where uh, last year, Face Roderick Strong kept coming out and trying to pursue uh, Bobby Roode when he was champion, and he just could not ever get over the hump. And it's not sure. quite to the caliber that this is, oh, no. but there was just constantly. And I remember not liking the fact that Roderick Strong just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And we didn't give it time. Well, to you were breathe. not a big fan of, of face strong. Let's call it. We don't a spade need to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> um, but what I'm getting at here is that I agree with you. I think it needs time to breathe. Otherwise, we end up with that all over again. And it just kind of starts to get annoying every week. Whereas this, you could have, you could bring back in Lars Sullivan and let him deal. Let's figure out who beat up Alistair. Sure. We've got plenty of There's stuff tons to of do. Other stuff to do. Yep. Uh, yeah. We're getting uh, tag team stuff with the War Raiders coming up. So there's all kinds of stuff we could be doing. Right, we have to deal with the Wall Waiters. Wall Waiters, absolutely. So great read rule. I did not even put that. Wall Waiters want our champions. Yes. Put that together. Uh, he also added another one uh, that I wanted to read off here real quick. Becky Lynch uh, looks like we have a reverse Roman Reigns situation on our hands. That's something that I hadn't uh, really put together either. Uh, great worker, looks good, everyone loves her, yet WWE decided that we have to hate her. Oh, man. Uh, add he's he's going to trigger me again. Yep. Add to that the unbelievable clumsy way they tried to turn her heel on SummerSlam. Is it a case of what WWE gives us what we need, not what we want, or is this all wacky millionaire, wacky billionaire? I was going to say, technically he's a billionaire back. now. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? I, I think we've already run down this a lot on the show. I, I think that it's, you know, time will tell. At this point, they been four days. It's been four days. Let's, yes, let's as you, all, let's all take a as you, I'm taking this to heart, Nick. Woosah. As you said earlier, Woosah. I'm woosawing. <laughs> I'm not giving into the caffeine jitters and going back off on a Becky Lynch rant right now. Stone Cold I'm not. Took I'm not. Years. I'm not. Uh, no, this is so. Yes, obviously they thought that. I, I don't know how, from a from a creative storytelling standpoint, 
you build someone, you build this story the way that they did and then expect this person to get booed to the level that they thought what, I don't know what they were thinking. First of all, um, unless this is part of the plan, as Jared said, though, apparently road dog is saying opposite. He's saying the opposite of what I want him to say. Oh no. Which is that, no, they really think they're going to get Becky heel. Don't do it. Road dog. Come on, man. Come on, man. How can you write oh. this story the way that they wrote the story and expect a, a, the heel turn that you apparently, uh, I'm going to get, I'm getting fired up again. Yeah. And yeah, yes. And I think it is, it is a case of that this could be the reverse Roman reigns syndrome, this bullheaded stubbornness where you're going to do this. You're going to give us this reaction by God. We're going to tell the story we want to tell and not the joy of WWE. The joy of professional wrestling is the interaction with the audience that the feeding off of what they're giving you, being able to tell that story in the ring and adjust accordingly to the reaction that you get. And any professional wrestler worth the wrestler worth their salt will tell you that, you know, they love to be in the ring and get that feeling from the crowd that lets them know they're doing something that is affecting the crowd in the way that they want them to be affected. Right. That's what you want. Yeah. And if you're given this cold, hard script, you need to go out and do this. It doesn't give you the ability to turn that thing around into the reaction that you're getting live. If you're just making a TV show, I love to go back to the use of the, uh, the, the walking dead, for example, because Vince was the one who brought it up as one of the shows he's in competition with. Yeah, that's, that's Vince's comparison, not mine. Well, not for much longer. But th- exactly, because The Walking Dead isn't giving people what they want. No, it's dying. The, but everyone's also dying. Well, but, the, well, I mean, the lead guy's leaving. That's what I mean. Yeah. Is there, but it's also because the ratings are falling. Sure. But that you don't have the live interaction with that as much as you do WWE, where you have the audience right there telling you what they want and what they don't want. You know what I mean? So... With Becky Lynch, you've got to seriously have some horse blinders on to not see what is happening here. Well, well saying on in this vein, well, I want to go to our next question from Bibosh. Uh, he says that the only way that he's going to boo her, meaning Becky, is if she somehow endorses Roman Reigns. <laughs> or maybe even then she might make me cheer Reigns, then get herself booed. Huh? Do you think Face Strowman is going to team up with Heel Dolph and Drew McIntyre now? I don't see Strowman going heel. He's either. too over. He's just too, too over. over. Way too over. That would be even, I, I think, almost even worse than a Becky heel turn. Because at least a Becky heel turn, I see some positives to it. And I see ways that they can make it work. So the, the Strowman heel turn right now would be uh, crazy. It would be absolutely crazy to, to do that. You, could, so, you couldn't do it. It would be another situation like, but they're not going to boo Braun Strowman. Yeah, I like, I like his, like, what would it take to make people boo Becky? Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, like, kick a puppy. And even then, they might be like, well, the puppy had it coming. Oh. That puppy had it coming, man. I mean, that puppy got in her way. You know, maybe that puppy really liked Charlotte or something. You know, that that's all right. I, ask Big Cass how tearing down a little person went for him. I, all right, let's move on. Big Our Cass next question. is not yeah. Becky Lynch. Fair. Uh, Ryan Rugani asked, uh, who do you think is next to challenge for the U.S. title? Uh, I honestly mm. am not sure when they, when what face they have to challenge. Yeah. Uh, you know me. I want almost every title. Amen who to do that. you think is next in line? Amen to that. Uh, I, that's one thing I was saying when we were on our SmackDown segment. I don't know. Like, do they have to call up EC3 for this? Who else do they have that's a face on SmackDown? That they I was, can almost have? said Bobby Roode, but he's moved to Raw. Is um, is Rusev ending his feud with Almas and then going to move to the U.S. title again? 
against Nakamura. I mean, they had some stuff earlier this year, but again, who else do they have right I mean, now? If Knox stays healed, then yeah. I mean, if you put Rusev over as as a face, then yeah, I'm just trying to I'm trying to run down bring the that roster faction in like yeah, the Rusev current roster of SmackDown. And aside from a, a newly faced Rusev, who else do they have? I don't know. Um, I don't know, Ryan. Good question, man. That's something I'm gonna have to ruminate on a little bit. He also asked. Um, uh, with Eric Rowan hurt and uh, and Jeff Hardy taking time to heal, is it time for a Wyatt family reunion? We were talking about this a little bit yep, earlier. Yep. Uh, can you imagine all those singles matches that they would be able to do too if we had Wyatt family versus Shield, for example? Um, he says he really just wants Harper to finally get his singles push. Amen. I, amen. Amen. We all have. Just too busy. We were hoping he would get it before the, he became the freaking war world of da, warcraft da, da, cosplayers da, 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 da. um but uh, yeah i would love to harper get his singles push but there's so many heels already on smackdown yep. like like we were just saying like we don't even have a face to go for the u.s title definitively um and to, for the wyatt family to reunite they one of them one of them's gonna have to switch brands which is not hard to do you no. do a quick trade yeah, yeah. Da, da, da. um i could see Bray and Harper coming back together on SmackDown. It'd probably be the best thing for Bray right now. He needs a massive career rehab and overhaul. Um, you know, I don't know how that would work with the fact that he was reincarnated as a face in the Lake of Reincarnation. But <laughs> hey, man, kayfabe. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I had for, I had completely wiped that from my memory until was, you just brought it back. He was up. attacked by the mower of lawns. The mower of lawns. But uh, I, I almost bought that T-shirt. It's the that's whole really world good. Was in his hands. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happens next with Harper. I don't know what happens next with Bray. I don't know if we get a Wyatt family reunion. Um, I personally think keep Wyatt away from Harper. Let Harper be his own thing. That would be my preference. Hmm. I could totally see Bray coming over uh, to uh, to SmackDown as a surprise. Maybe Harper gets into a handicap situation with the New Day with Eric Rowan being out but why it comes in as a surprise and teams up. I, I could see something like that and it would work. I think it would work. I think you introduce with the bludgeon brothers out. It would, it would be a, but then, a but then does Wyatt become another bludgeon brother? I don't think the bludgeon brothers, they, the bludgeon brothers become a thing, an extension of the Wyatt family. Right, well, moving on. I don't moving know. On, let's, let's get to the last question here. Yeah. Uh, Tim finally had asked uh, how long before we can be done with Roman as a face champ, turn him heel or get him off my TV. Please God. Hmm. <laughs> You know, it's going to be a minute. I've never heard. <laughs> I've never heard that opinion before. Uh, okay. By anybody. I've never heard anyone say I'm sick of Roman Reigns. No, no. I, I've never, some, I've never heard jingle. anybody say I'm so bored with Roman Reigns. Uh, no, dude, it's, he's going to be a face guy. I mean, here's the thing. They've been kind of doing this. He's not an entirely a face. They've been driving the ship more into the fact that he's controversial, um, which basically their he's way of edgy. saying yeah, it's basically we're saying he's a he's a face to the people that like him. He's a heel to the people that don't like him. Deal with it. He's the top guy. Um, and if he's being presented all the time as a face and you don't like that, then he's a heel to you. Yeah, you know it's it's another example of the WWE not really knowing how to play faces and heels anymore. Yeah, but at the same time, no, he's, he's going to be a face champ for a while. Yeah, he, he, he they just got him where they wanted him at the top of the company with that universal championship around his waist, which I suspect they created for him in the first place. Uh, there, it's it's not going away. No, it's it's going to be a minute, Tim. 
uh, come back you can, in you what, can like actually two, two years, I guess. Sign probably? up for our ten dollars tier of Patreon. Listen to our our Roman Reigns episode where we run yes. down the history of Roman Reigns and where we think he's going. Plus, give our definitive answer as to how we personally feel about Roman Reigns, the man, the character, and uh, the WWE's treatment of him. Yes, it's not what you think. But before we get out of here today, let's do some other news. Our little lightning round here at the end. Very heavily steeped in Lucha Libre. Yeah, it's a Lucha heavy week with the yep. other news this week. It's actually it's some interesting stuff, though. Uh, we've got two big shows coming up in the two major Lucha uh, 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 promotions down in Mexico. Yep. Triple A is coming up on Triple Mania this Saturday. Triple Mania 26. Uh, Alberto El Patron was supposed to be there. He's going to no show. <clears throat> Shocker. Yes, um, putting his career away. There are two fatal four-way matches on this show that are headlining the show. Two fatal four-ways. One is going to be for the AAA Heavyweight Championship. That's going to be Brian Cage versus Phoenix versus Jeff Jarrett versus Rich Swan. Wait, what? Yep. You heard me. For the AAA Heavyweight Championship, eh, I expect Phoenix to win unless they know something that we don't, and he's heading to WWE. I could see them putting the title on him and then stripping him later, but I suspect Phoenix is taking this one. We also have a big match. Psycho Clown. Hang, hang on. My head what? just exploded like scanners <laughs> because you said Jeff Jarrett yep. is going to be in a triple-A match for the heavyweight championship with Rich Swan, yes. Phoenix, yes. and Cage. Yes. Jeff, this is not some other guy named Jeff Jarrett. This is no, Jeff this Jarrett. Is, Jeff this, Jarrett. This, is, this is slap nuts, Jeff Jarrett. Yep. Okay. All right. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Moving on. I, I wanted uh, to make sure. You heard me right. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you guys what happened to that next week. Uh, Psycho Clown versus Hijo de Fantasma versus uh, L.A. Park, also known as La Parca, right. a.k.a. the chairman of WCW, versus Pentagon Jr. The loser, whoever gets pinned in this fatal four-way, loses their mask. Ooh. Say goodbye. Drama, to, drama, drama. Say goodbye to Hijo de Fantasma's mask. He's been wanting it off for a while, I suspect, and there's no way they're taking I mean, La Parca's been... Uh, he's been unmasked before, but it was a long, long time ago. Yeah. There's no way in hell Pentagon loses his mask. Or even Psycho Clown. Or even Psycho, Psycho Clown is one of the biggest stars they have. There's no way right. he loses his mask. Phantasma, sorry, you're the odd man out. <laughs> um, CMLL also is having their anniversary, uh, anniversario show September 14th, opposite of uh, Hiroshima uh, over in New Japan. Um, La Park is going to be on that show as well. However, he is not facing Rush. They were building up to a, a match between him and Rush. Rush, obviously, being one of the originators of Los Ingobernables with uh, Cien Almas. To give you some perspective on who he is, he's one of the biggest stars they have in CMLL, but he's not facing La Park now. Uh, we are now getting uh, a, a tag match Volador Jr. and Matt Taven versus Rush and Barbaro Cavanario. And it's going to be a hair match. So loser yes. gets their head shaved. I love these. Uh, we're also getting another big match. It's uh, a, tr- a three-on-three. Caristico, La Park. This is where he's going. And uh, El Hijo de uh, La Park. So his son. So La Park and his son uh, with Caristico versus King Phoenix, also known as Phoenix. He's known as King Phoenix in CMLL. Penta El ZOM, Pentagon Jr., and Dinamante Azul. So that should be a really good, really awesome, fun match. And then the uh, CMLL World Trios titles are on the line. Ultimo Guerrero, Gran Guerrero, and Euphoria versus Cyber, the main man, the Chris, and Charlie Rockstar. So that's going to be an awesome show, and I'll run that down next week. In other Lucha news, uh, Viano Tres passed away. Uh, his real name, Arturo Diaz Mendoza. He passed away at 66 years old due to just buildup of wrestling injuries. 
Uh, if you don't know who that is, let me give him a quick quick rundown because he is actually a major uh, major figure in lucha history. Uh, he was a UWA United uh, Wrestling Alliance star in the seventies and eighties. He was a seven time WWF heavy uh, light heavyweight champ. The first time um, he won it, he defeated Pedro Aguayo for 140 days reign. And then his second reign was 826 days after he beat Gran Hamada. Wow. Uh, he defended it all across the UWA and New Japan. Uh, one of his most famous feuds was with the Pegasus Kid in 1990, 1991. At the end of that feud, uh, he was in something like 58 mask matches, like loser loses his mask, and he never lost it. Wow. In 58 matches until uh, the year 2000, he lost it uh, to Atlantis in one of the greatest lucha matches of all time. It was an amazing match. Look Damn. it up on YouTube. Uh, Atlantis versus uh, Viano Tres. But uh, so, yeah, he had a, ma- a match uh, with against Pegasus Kid for the mask. Pegasus Kid was forced to unmask after losing to Viano Tres. Turned out Pegasus Kid was Chris Benoit. Ta-da. So rest in peace, Viano Tres, uh, one of the greatest luchadors of all time. In other news, back to America, Jerry Lawler uh, has some questions about his son, Brian Christopher's death. Apparently, some things are not adding up with what the uh, the jail is saying happened. Apparently, uh, Christopher got into a fight with another member, uh, another jail inmate earlier in the day. Uh, and then there's like just this gap of time between them when that fight happened and they found him hanging in his cell. And uh, Lawler had apparently had a 15-minute conversation with him in the morning, and he sounded fine, nothing out of the ordinary, nothing weird. So something fishy. Dun, dun, dun. According to Jerry, there's something fishy going on here. Uh, not everything's adding up. Some eyewitnesses are saying things are different than the sheriff's department's official story. So more on that as mm. we find out. Uh, also, Jericho says he's now down to work in the USA. Remember when? Remember before he was saying he didn't want to didn't screw with Vince? He, he only wanted to work overseas? Oh, I, well, I guess he got a big check. Well, if a check comes along, there's there's rumors he's gonna he's gonna go to Impact. Fine, he's friends Jer- with Don Jer- Callis. Jericho's fan can can do anything, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> he he can he at True. this point he can go do it. He's he's booked a cruise, and they've they've got a full promotion on the Jericho cruise. Got so many people on that cruise. <laughs> that isn't it. That's gonna be like insane. if that ship goes down, wrestling's gonna take a hit. That's that's trouble. I didn't even think about that until just now. Yeah. Oh, if that oh, if that ship goes if that, down, if that ship if that oh, ship gonna, goes down, we're that's going to devastate wrestling for oh years. Oh my god, decades. Um, yeah. So we may be seeing Jericho wrestling for other promotions in the U.S. Mm. Uh, Matt Hardy, as it we said feels earlier, dirty. That's all I'll say. It just nah. <laughs> what? It feels dirty. No, it doesn't. It feels awesome. Uh, Jericho can do whatever he wants, as you just said. Yes. Uh, Matt Hardy, as we said earlier, uh, he's uh, he's out. We don't know if he's ever going to wrestle again. He has to have all kinds of rehab and surgeries. He's a mess. But he's also, in the meantime, transitioning to producer. Yeah, it was a picture of him backstage. that floated online uh, with him in a suit backstage. That's right. Yeah, he's getting, I was like, getting oh, trained to be a producer. I like this, and I'll tell you why. Because I watched that uh, documentary on on the WWE Network of the Hardys and how they came up, and they did the whole trampoline mm. wrestling thing. Mm. So if you talk about innovative minds that you know know how to entertain fans, it's that kind of organic grassroots upbringing that I think is going to do really well for him in this kind of role. I'm excited to see you know if we can find out what kind of stuff he's booking and just get an indication on it. But I, I'm excited that Matt Hardy's backstage booking matches. I'm all over that. Yeah, it is sad that they still keep so much um, opaqueness about how wrestling, about especially WWE, is put together because it, I it would like be that. 
I like the mystique of it, you know? I absolutely like the mystique of it. This is actually one of the things that there is one of the biggest disconnects between the fans and the product itself is that people like you and I, who are not directly involved in WWE, um, feel like we're entitled to know more about what's going on behind the scenes. And WWE says, no, you're not. We do what we do. But at the same time, um, you know, the counter argument that I would give is, nah, okay, fine. But at the same time, you doing what you do is, is, is great and all, but we like to know the process and it helps us understand sometimes how the product comes out the way that it does. And sometimes that process helps us, us enjoy it more. There are movies that I watch the director's commentary on that I enjoy so much more because I know a lot of how the movie was made and it makes me appreciate it a lot more because I know the effort and all the different aspects of it that, that went into the creation of that. Sure, but you don't get to go into the locker rooms of Major League Baseball teams. Not often, you know, if they win a championship or something. You'll have the backstage interviews or the in, you know, as they're sure. leaving or something. You'll have those similarities. But, I mean, if we're looking at it from a sporting event perspective, you're not, you don't have, you don't because get to go into the GM's office and ha- hear him talking to the head coach. But those, but those aren't sporting events where there's a predetermined outcome. You know what I mean? They're trying to keep secrets from the other team because that's how they play their sport. This is a creative endeavor that's not dissimilar from theater or movies, more so than it is actually. It is the imitation of professional, a professional sport, but it's not actually a sport in the way where you have to keep trade secrets from other teams. So I, I actually discount that. But anyway, that's a long discussion, possibly a bonus episode discussion. Maybe. But... I'm glad to see Matt Howardy is, is going to be a producer. He's a, a really creative guy. I think his creative mind will be great on some of this backstage stuff. Uh, lastly, do you want to call out this last one, this impact match we're going to no, have coming up? Uh, Sammy Callahan and Pentagon Jr. are having a death match on impact. Somebody's going to, a little, a legit somebody's going to die match. Dude, these guys have torn each other apart in non-death matches. And the last time Pentagon was in a, de- well, he was in a death match recently where they gave him a, a crown of razor blade thorns down in Mexico uh, for the crash, I believe. Didn't he do a, a grave match with Mil Muertes? He did. Uh, no, Phoenix did. That was Phoenix. I'm Phoenix. sorry. Yeah. I don't think Pentagon had a grave consequences match with Mil Muertes, but he did have the Cerro Miedo match with Vampiro, oh, which was one step from death. I thought that was the most violent match ever put on TV until the Hell of War match with Dante Fox and kill and uh, um kill shot oh which was that's the most violent match i've ever seen on tv oh but well, yep lots of stuff going on lots it was kind of a little bit of a slow week other oh, some big in the news but it's uh we're we're off of, the shield reunited we're off of SummerSlam. now well, okay well that's one <laughs> okay we're done with the show all right uh thanks a lot for joining in today guys uh let us know what you think and uh definitely come and join us in the busted wide open discussion group over on facebook thank you everybody hanging out in the youtube channel in the chat today as we recorded and live streamed it to you here if you guys want to help out the show head over to patreon.com slash bwo you can find various different ways to contribute get copies of the show notes sign up to uh submit your questions so that we can read them on the air just like we did our other listeners yeah and thank above. you to everyone who submitted this week it's all yes. It's fun, always fun to get people's questions. Absolutely. And them. Tim, Love Ryan, Bibosh, and Rule, thank you very much for your questions this week. Uh, and guys, lastly, if you want to rock some sweet swag and let everybody know that we are your favorite wrestling podcast, uh, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash store. Pick up a t-shirt, hoodie, coffee mug, phone case, you name it. 
they've got it. Yep. And please go to YouTube and hit that subscribe button and hit the notification button. It helps us a lot. Tell yes. everyone you know, subscribe to us on YouTube. Leave comments. Yes. Leave feedback. Go to your podcast app of choice and follow us and leave feedback there too. We love it. Yeah, we only we need a few it. more subscribers on YouTube to start unlocking all the cool toys. Oh, so yeah. if you haven't subscribed to the channel yet happen. on YouTube, uh, go ahead and get that done. Let's tell a friend or two and uh, and have them come over and subscribe. Yeah. That's when all the fun stuff starts it's, unlocking. It's going to start snowballing and that YouTube channel is going to get real cool. <laughs> For you early guys that are here early, but uh, I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Nick Podcasts, and I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out orbitaljigsaw.com.